you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, November 30th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look at the newest Oriole. Yes, many teams are making huge free agent signings. Well, the Orioles aren't quite doing that, but they still did add a player to the roster last week. That is Sionel Perez, a left-handed reliever who spent his 2021 season with the Reds, and the Orioles claimed him off waivers from Cincinnati last week. And joining us to talk about Perez's 2021 season is Jeff Carr. He has been on this podcast a few times before, and he is also the host of Locked On Reds here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Jeff is going to join us to talk about Perez's 2021 with the Reds. Uh, what went well? What went wrong? He did have an ER over six on the season, why the Reds went and got him, and why the Reds cut him loose, and then what he could do with the Orioles in 2022 and beyond. We'll also get you some little more background information on Perez here quickly, and then we'll talk about some MLB free agency news and also talk about the looming deadline for the non-tenders potentially that comes up this evening if you're listening to this on time here on Tuesday morning and uh, what we'll have to talk about on tomorrow's episode. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. But before we get to it, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked On Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, this is the only Orioles podcast out there delivering you O's content five days a week, Monday through Friday, every day you wake up, brand new episode of Locked On Orioles in your inbox, usually posted at 5 a.m. Eastern time every day, Monday through Friday, talking O's, even here in the offseason, even as we get to December next week, and even as we potentially go into a lockout Later this week, we will still have, you know, throughout the offseason at some point, we're going to back down to three episodes a week, but we are still going five days a week strong here on the pod. So if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure to like, follow, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. And especially if you do listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a rating and a review on that Apple Podcast app if you could. That really, really helps out the pod and really helps me continue to bring you five days a week content, especially here in the off season. But again, we thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we're talking about the newest Oriole. That is CNL Perez. And we're going to be joined by Jeff Carr, the host of Locked On Reds, in just a second to talk about Perez's 2021 season in Cincinnati before the Orioles got him last week. But of course, what I really wanted to do first was just give a little background on Perez and uh, what he was doing before Baltimore and how he got to the O's. So CNL Perez, a 25-year-old left-handed pitcher and a native of Cuba. He'll turn 26 early next season on April the 21st. Left-hander, about 5'11", 160 pounds, who was initially signed out of Cuba as an international free agent by the Houston Astros back in 2016. And he joined the Astros system and pretty quickly made his way up through the Stros system to get to the minor leagues. Only played two full minor league seasons as a starting pitcher before getting to the big leagues with Houston in 2018 as a reliever. In 2018, he pitched in eight games out of the Astros bullpen that year. In 11 in the third innings, he had a 3.97 ERA, struck out 12, walked seven, gave up six hits, three homers. It was kind of mixed results in his first season. Then 
2019, he spent most of the year at AAA, had a bit of an injury issue at age 23 in 2019. And, you know, he made 13 starts. He eventually pitched about 55 AAA innings, but he did get another shot at the big leagues in 2019, pitched five games out of the Astros bullpen that year. And in nine innings, the results were not what he wanted. Allowed 10 runs on 11 hits over those nine innings of work, did strike out seven and walk only two, but allowed three homers. And the stuff was just not as crisp. But, you know, in 2020, he was at the Astros alternate site and once again got another shot. He pitched in seven games in the bigs for Houston in 2020. And in those seven games, in six and a third innings, the stuff looked a little better. He allowed only two runs on seven hits. He struck out eight batters. He did not allow a long ball, but he did walk six batters in those six and a third innings. And the walks had always been a little bit of an issue for Perez, but they came up even more so in 2020. And that is why he didn't get more than those six and a third innings out of the Astros bullpen in that shortened 2020 season. So after the year, Houston had some moves to make in terms of the 40-man roster, and Perez was one of the casualties, and Houston ended up trading CNL Perez on January 23rd of 2021. They dealt him to the Cincinnati Reds for minor leaguer Luke Berryhill, and the Reds were obviously looking for pitching, a team that had you know a solid offense with a really good starting rotation, but a bad bullpen, and they were looking to upgrade their bullpen in the last offseason, and they added Perez. And he came in and you know was kind of on the Louisville to Cincinnati shuttle for most of the year between AAA and the majors, which we'll talk about in a bit with Jeff Carr. But overall, he appeared in 25 games out of the Cincinnati bullpen this year from the left side. In 24 innings in those 25 games, Perez had a 6.38 ERA with a 6.30 FIP on the season. In 24 innings, he allowed 17 runs on 21 hits. Now, he did strike out 25 batters, a good number in 24 innings, but he walked 20 batters and allowed five home runs in that time as well. So the strikeout stuff was still there. It was pretty good, but the walks were a real issue. Seven and a half walks per nine for Perez this year with Cincinnati, and as good as the swing and miss might have been at times, it was a huge, huge problem. Those walks for Perez. In terms of what he throws on the mound, he's essentially a two-pitch guy, although he does have three pitches that he will throw. You will see a fastball slider and a changeup from the lefty. Now, you'll mostly see the fastball. This year, he threw that pitch about 64% of the time. It averages about 96 miles an hour. You can get it up to 97, 98 at times from the left side. And it was a solid pitch this year. Again, threw it most of the time. Guys hit 262 against it. And he had 16 of his 25 strikeouts with that pitch. So it was kind of used as his put-away pitch this season. But his best pitch, as he has shown throughout his career, is the slider. Threw it 28% of the time this year. And, uh, you know, split it kind of down the middle. Threw it basically just as much to lefties as he did to right-handers. It's about an 82 to 83 mile per hour slider that he throws, and that thing was nasty this year. Eight of his 25 strikeouts came with that pitch. Opponents hit only 150 against that slider this year. Now, he also has a changeup. Threw it in there about 8% of the time this year. For example, he threw 35 changeups this season, and it's interesting because it's a pitch he uses to attack right-handed hitters. Of the 35 changeups he threw this year, 34 of them 
were thrown to righties. He only threw one changeup to a left-handed batter all season. It's kind of a you know fading down and away from righties changeup. Uh, he's a fastball slider guy against a lefty, but when he's facing a right-hander, he'll throw that changeup as well. It's about an 88 to 89 mile per hour changeup, so you know about seven or eight miles per hour difference from his fastball. Guys hit 222 against it this year. He did give up two of his five home runs on that changeup. Had only one strikeout with it, but again, not a huge sample size. But it is a pitch he tries to use to help him get righties out. Uh, his slider is kind of the pitch he uses to get lefties out. But that's kind of the career picture so far of CNL Perez, who, again, you know, has been in the big leagues since 2018, but not arbitration eligible till 2024, not a free agent till 2027. So if he sticks, Orioles would have a lot of control over CNL Perez as well. But we wanted to get, you know, down deeper into his first really legitimate major league season because in those 3 years with Houston, 2018, 19 and 20, he combined a pitch in just 20 games. Had, you know, 26 and 2 thirds innings over 3 years with Houston. But in just the one year with Cincinnati, he threw 24 innings over 25 games and gave us a much larger sample size of what you could call his first at least semi-full season in the big leagues in 2021 and wanted to have on somebody who watched a lot of those innings and that is Jeff Carr who is the host of Locked On Reds here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Carr is going to join us in just a second as Jeff's going to talk about Perez's season with Cincinnati what he looked like when he was going well what he looked like when he wasn't uh, why he was kind of on the shuttle between AAA and the big leagues and you know we'll talk about why the Reds went and got him last offseason and why they cut him loose this year and then what he could potentially do with the Orioles next season. So that's all coming up right after this with Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds. We're talking about the Orioles' newest left-hander, CNL Perez. So we'll get to that chat with Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds in just a second as we'll learn about the newest Orioles, CNL Perez. But first, I've got to tell you about BetOnline.ag, which has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, and you do it at betonline.ag, where the game starts. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
All right. So we welcome Jeff Carr back into the podcast. He is the host of Locked On Reds here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Jeff, first of all, thank you so much for joining the pod once again. Connor, always good to talk with you, man. It's uh, interesting that yet another red has become a Baltimore Oriole. Yeah, I think the last time you were on, we may have been talking about Jose Iglesias, uh, which has uh, has been a while. But, uh, you know, we're here to talk about a, another player going from Cincinnati to Baltimore, and that is Sionel Perez, the 25-year-old left-handed pitcher who was pitching out of the Reds' bullpen in 2021. They put him on waivers. The Orioles have claimed him and added him to their 40-man roster. So kind of the, you know, the, the, the short look at Perez, 24 innings, a 6.38 ERA for the lefty out of the Cincinnati bullpen this year, 25 strikeouts. 20 walks in those 24 innings. What was kind of your, you know, short scouting report on what you saw from Perez where, you know, obviously he wasn't a piece of this bullpen all year, but that's a, not a significant sample size, but 25 games is 25 games out of the bullpen. The one thing that I always thought about with CNL Perez was I hope he had a good gas card. Dude was constantly on the trip between AAA Louisville and Cincinnati, which is about, an hour and a half drive. So if he kept making that drive, I'm pretty sure he had all the rewards that he could stand, but he himself was actually a pretty talented pitcher. He has really high spin rate. If you look at his baseball savant numbers, when it comes to a slider, especially an amazing slider, when you look at just the raw numbers with velocity and spin rate, his problem was control. He had some outings where he would strike out the side. Then he had some outings where he was walking everybody. He was putting everybody on base. He was giving up some pretty hard hit balls. So you never really knew what to expect from him. I always felt like CNL Perez was a guy who had more to offer. He just wasn't able to put it together into enough of a package on a nightly basis where the Reds wanted to see any more than what they got. When he was up in Cincinnati, and I know it's it's obviously tough, you know, just looking at his at stats and hearing he was kind of on that shuttle, I'm sure he was never in a lot of high leverage spots. But if there were times where he was maybe on the roster for at least a couple weeks at a time, what kind of role was he playing out of that bullpen? There was a lot of setup. Um, I, I, and I think there were a couple of games, too, just off the top of my head, where he finished the game. A lot of it was due to kind of hope that he would blossom into a late inning left-handed reliever. That was something that the Reds, uh, thanks to Amir Garrett kind of having a down year, they didn't really have that. They didn't have the guy in the eighth or ninth inning that could pitch from the Southpaw side that really scared an opposing lineup. So they wanted CNL Perez to blossom into that. He never really did. And so then when they started pitching him in low leverage situations, he would come in with a four or five run lead or deficit and honestly pitch what seemed like erratically and kind of lazily, you know, a guy who understood that he had a big margin to work with. And because of that, you saw some of the bloated ERA numbers. There were some nights where you're just like, boy, I think CNL Perez might figure this out. And then the very next night he would come out and walk two guys and give up a three run bomb. And you're like, all right, well, maybe not, but I think that he has got a future 
if Baltimore can kind of tweak his finer points, he might turn into somebody that the Orioles can rely on in the late innings. It's just there's going to be some growing pains where he might give up two or three runs in an outing that you're going to have to watch out for. Yeah, no, when he uh, he rejoined the team right at the end of the year in September, uh, he actually retired all six batters he faced in those final two appearances with three strikeouts. I know I believe it was it looks like six out of his last seven appearances this year for Cincinnati uh, was no earned runs allowed. So when he was at least pitching well, kind of what worked best for him? It was a lot of sliders low in the zone. If you watch a CNL Perez outing, you're going to see him fooling hitters and getting them to swing and miss at that bending breaking ball. And he kind of sets it up well with an inside fastball. The problem is if that inside fastball kind of creeps out over the plate, he gets blasted real easy with that. So it's something that you're going to notice quickly how good CNL Perez can be. And I, it's funny you mentioned those two outings because I remember seeing that and thinking, oh gosh, here we go. He's going to present a red herring once again to our coaching staff who's going to be like, you know, maybe we can count on him next year. So I, I do hope he sticks with the Orioles, but he's just, he burned me a lot last year as a Reds fan. Yeah, and I know they had a lot of, of bullpen issues, and, and that was something you know they tried to address in the offseason last year, and I know it was something the Reds tried to address uh, at the deadline this year as well. So I did kind of want to ask about that because you know he initially came up with the Astros. They signed him out of Cuba in 2016, and he'd gotten like you know little chances here and there uh, with Houston over the previous three seasons. And then he comes over in January in what was seemingly, you know, kind of a, a 40 man roster crunch deal for the Astros. I know Luke Barry Hill was the minor leaguer that Cincinnati sent over there to get him. So, you know, you, you get a left hander who, you know, had some good stuff from the Astros, but a guy who had only pitched in, you know, about 20 games in three years with Houston. What was, you know, the expectations, the excitement level getting him and, and you know, how did he or not live up to those expectations this year? This past offseason, the Reds employed this idea of picking up guys off waivers or slash really cheap trade targets. And they kind of all got grouped into this group that we called Spin-Cincinnati. It was a philosophy that Derek Johnson was employing to where they go out and they get these guys who the numbers don't jump out at you except for they have high spin rates and Cino Perez fit perfectly into that mantra. And so we thought that that was kind of going to be something that the Reds exploited, something that the Reds could try and figure out as a loophole in the market. Didn't really work out that way because the bullpen itself was pretty terrible for most of the year, but the Cino Perez fit into this idea that if you can take a high spin, spin rate guy and maybe get him to control his pitches just a little bit, then he can be something. Sino Perez also has a very electric high fat high velocity fastball that I mean, honestly, when you're looking at a pitcher's raw abilities, if he's got velocity, you can kind of tweak him into something, but he just never became that. And and whenever he came over, Reds fans we weren't really super excited about him, but we were like, Hey, you know, maybe because we we've seen lefties in the past, like the Wandy Peraltas of the world who throw a 92, 93 mile an hour fastball and still walk a ton of guys. So at least he throws 97. So that, maybe that is something that Baltimore can contain, but he just couldn't quite get the consistency enough to where the reds could rely on him 
this past year. And I think that that's kind of why they're like, you know, we're okay passing on, on him moving forward. Yeah, that was kind of the last thing I wanted to ask because, you know, this isn't as important to Orioles fans, but I always think it, it gives good context when you claim a player off waivers, kind of the reasoning why he was on waivers in the first place. I know, you know, in this offseason, there's been much more subtractions than additions from the Reds roster. So was he a, you know, we're trying to get prospects on the 40 man and we're, you know, just had to clear space or was it kind of we're moving on from Perez? We couldn't find a, a trade partner or whatever it may be. And it was just time to put him on waivers. I think so. Uh, they they had a guy who gave them a couple of starts at the end of last season in Revar San Martin, a lefty that they actually got in the Sonny Gray trade. He came over with Sonny Gray from the Yankees, and he pitched pretty well. So I think that the Reds are looking at him as possibly being a lefty that they can rely on either as a spot starter out of the bullpen or maybe even as a late-inning guy. And I think that they understand that there are some other guys coming up uh, that – Maybe they aren't a lefty, but maybe they have a little bit more upside than they think they can get out of CNL Perez. But I, I still think that looking at CNL Perez, he just kind of got um, became a a uh, uh, what what is the word? He became a casualty of consistency. Yeah, and and you know, obviously, a lot of teams are making moves, and the Orioles are kind of sitting on the waiver wire right now and just yeah. waiting for teams to make free agent signings where they have to put players on their 40 man and then they have to DFA guys to make room. And that's kind of what the Orioles off season has been so far and will probably continue to be. And uh, obviously Perez was, uh, was one of those additions, but Jeff, thanks so much for uh, joining us to talk about CNL Perez who uh, pitched in Cincinnati last year. And we hope we'll have a little bit more success in Baltimore in 2022. Anytime Connor. Thanks for having me, man. So our thanks again to Jeff Carr, the host of Locked on Reds here on the Locked on Podcast Network for joining us once again to talk about CNL Perez and his 2021 season in Cincinnati. Now the newest Orioles left-handed reliever. Of course, the O's claimed him off waivers from Cincinnati last week, putting the Orioles 40-man roster to a full capacity 40 guys with the claiming of Perez. They did not make uh, a corresponding move when they made that claim, so they're at a full 40 right now, and that should you know tell you some things about what maybe is going to happen this week with potentially the non-tenders, potentially the lockout, potentially if there's not a lockout with the Rule 5 draft coming up in a bit as well uh, if things are all do go to plan but you know as we've heard from multiple reporters the uh the, the situation seems like the lockout is going to start on Wednesday evening and there'll be a freeze on all transactions but you know in terms of Perez and what he could do with the Orioles it's obviously another left-handed relief option for the O's and I think his days as a starter are probably behind him I mean he pitched as a starter in the minors uh with Houston 2017 18 and 19 but has been strictly a reliever since then and he's still young and maybe the Orioles could turn him back into a starting pitcher but with where stuff is at, essentially just a mostly a two-pitch pitcher at fastball slider at this point. And, you know, he's a guy who can get lefties out well, which is a, another good plus for him. But uh, in general, probably a relief pitcher at this point. But I talked about the numbers last year. Yeah, they weren't great with a 6.38 ERA. But, you know, he got a little unlucky at times. I mean, you know, lefties hit. 222 against him on the year. He actually, you know, struck out a, a good amount of righties, just walked a lot of right-handers. It was it was really an interesting season. He was definitely better uh, against lefties. All the numbers offensively show that, you know, he was 
was better against lefties this year than he was against righties, and he's a guy who you want to get lefties out with that really good slider. And in his career, he's been great against lefties. I mean, throughout his major league career, uh, lefties have hit just 179 against Perez. So you know, that's definitely a you know number that that the Orioles would like. And you know, we'll see. Uh, obviously, as Jeff talked about, he's one of these high spin rate guys who you know throws 96, 97, can throw that high fastball, put away sleep sweeping slider. He's still got a lot on his plate and could still definitely be a good major league pitcher. Again, still only 25 years old, still with room to grow on the mound. And another, you know, waiver pickup that I like for the Orioles in Perez. You know, you get kind of a a lottery ticket guy who still hasn't really pitched, you know, a full major league season out of the bullpen. Uh, So we really don't know what exactly we're going to get from him. But, you know, it does open up interesting questions for the Orioles bullpen moving forward because if Perez does survive the offseason and you know he gets to spring training with the Orioles on the 40-man roster and he looks like you know a definite potential bullpen piece for the you know opening day roster and the entirety of the 2022 season you take a look at those lefties in the bullpen and you know look with Tanner Scott and Paul Fry still on the Orioles 40-man and still in that bullpen did this waiver claim maybe point to something that could potentially happen tonight with the Orioles of course the Major League Baseball had moved up the non-tender deadline. It was supposed to be later this week. They moved it up to today because the potential of the CBA expiring tomorrow and a lockout starting on Wednesday. So they moved up the deadline to today, Tuesday, to non-tender your arbitration-eligible players. And as we have talked about, the Orioles currently have six arbitration-eligible guys that they'll have to make decisions on by tonight, you know, whether to agree on a number with them and what they'll pay them for the 2022 season, they maybe won't agree and they'll go to arbitration to figure out what number the player will be paid or they non-tender the guy, which basically says we're not willing anywhere close to pay what you're worth or what, you know, an arbitrator would think you're worth. And we're just going to cut you loose and you're going to become a free agent. And we've talked about who those six guys are, Trey Mancini, Anthony Santander, Paul Fry, Tanner Scott, John Means. And Jorge Lopez. And, you know, I've gone over multiple times what I think is going to happen with those guys. And, you know, we'll have a lot to talk about on tomorrow's episode after those moves are made. But, you know, does the addition of Perez mean that the Orioles are thinking about potentially non-tendering either Tanner Scott or Paul Fry? We know Scott's been up and down. He's getting older. And we know Fry just turned into a complete disaster in the second half this season. Both of them going to be due, you know, maybe a little bit more than $1 million on their 2022 contract. And that should be, you know, a low enough number where the Orioles should bring them both back as bullpen pieces for next season. But you never know at this point. And maybe with getting Perez, you know, that spells a, a, you know, maybe an end for Fry or Scott and just something to think about. Obviously, you know, Fry and Scott, even with their struggles, both better pitchers at this point than CNL Perez. But, you know, we will see how that works out. And obviously we'll get those answers later today. And then, of course, we're going to talk about it on tomorrow's episode of the podcast when we are back here with you. Yes, I wish we had more free agency to talk about as these teams continue to make these big deals. How about Kevin Gaussman coming back to the AL East? He signs a big deal with the Blue Jays. Max Scherzer, how weird is that going to be? Seeing Max Scherzer in a Mets uniform. He signs for three years, $130 million, the biggest average annual value of any player in baseball history. Scherzer sure going to the Mets. How about Robbie Ray? You know, our good friend from the Orioles Blue Jays rivalry, Robbie Ray, who got into a shouting match with Brandon Hyde this year, signs a five-year deal with the Seattle Mariners for a big money contract as well. Of course, a lot of moves have been made over the past couple of days, and uh, they're going to continue here uh, until this lockout starts on Wednesday evening. Teams trying to get these moves done before we go into this potential lockout, which will be a transaction 
option freeze. But again, you know, we don't have a lot of talk to talk about for the Orioles in terms of free agency. But what we will have to talk about is this non-tender deadline, which is coming up tonight. And we'll talk about it tomorrow here on the podcast. Those six names I just mentioned, Mancini, Means, Scott, Fry, Lopez, and Santander. There's a potential that all six of them, you know, the Orioles tender a contract to or at least go to arbitration with and they'll all be back. There is a potential that, you know, I would honestly tell you that, you know, the only stone cold lock of that group to get a contract, I think, is John Means. I think those other five guys have the potential to be non-tendered or traded or whatever it may be. So we will see what happens and we'll break it all down on tomorrow's episode of the podcast. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.